I'll read to you the appointed lesson for today. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how will it become salty again? It's good for nothing except to be thrown away and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand, and it shines on all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, choir. Well, you understand our theme uh, for uh, from the scriptures and from the songs and the prayers. Pray with me. God, you have called us to be the light. And, and so we heed your instructions and we, we seek to be inspired by your word that we might uh, internalize that and, and learn from you. Now guide what is said and what is heard so, so that in the midst of all of this, we hear your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Light. Light has many benefits. It lights the way. It can exude warmth. It both physical and spiritual. It offers a center where people can, can gather. It, it gives us energy. It was late in the day when son Daniel and I arrived at Wildcat Mountain State Park Campground. Anybody been there? Oh, got a couple. Okay. It was on, you know, it's on the Kickapoo River and we go kayaking. We used to when he was... Yeah, oh, it, it hurts when our children leave and go on to greater things, doesn't it? So, well, we'd been at Wildcat Mountain State Park before and had reserved our space, so we drove to it. But, but because the tenting spot was off the road and down a tree-lined slope, the car lights could not illuminate it. Now, both being Eagle Scouts, we were comfortable with any role, so Daniel offered to build the fire, and I put up the tent. And soon Daniel's fire was built. And it lit the space, guided our unpacking, gave warmth to that cool mid-May night, and offered a center where we could sit and talk about how we had been that school year just, just completed and what was ahead for us. Yes, I, I miss those moments together, but like the apostles missing their days of sitting or walking and talking with Jesus. I, and like them, we've both grown and, and gone on to greater things, each sharing our light with others. I'm, I'm sure you have your own examples of, of the importance of light in your life. Well, according to Matthew, Jesus said to his disciples and his followers in that sermon on the Mount, you are the light of the world. In the Greek, and 
in, in English, the subject is you, plural, not singular, and the verb is declarative in the present tense, not, not future tense. He didn't say, you, you will be the light of the world when you graduate from my academy. This follows directly, though, from the Beatitudes, and you know the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, those who mourn, those the peacemakers. And, and the last two verses are, blessed are you when people insult you and harass you, speak all kinds of bad and false things about you because of me. Be full of joy and be glad because you have a great reward in heaven in the same way people harass the prophets who came before you. And then he continues, you, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now, the, the hearers of this sermon had, had a new understanding, even, even from the Beatitudes of the, of the way and the word of Christ. They are now bearers of the good news to the world, transforming it in the image of God. And Thomas went to the Middle East, into India. Peter preached in the area from Turkey all the way to Rome, and Andrew went to the areas north of the Black Sea. They, they followed Jesus' advice. It didn't stop with them. On 100 generations of followers, it has now come to us. And church, it must not stop here. I've reported to you before that, that this church has a tradition of, of being a teaching church for Wisconsin, beyond, teaching at one time the methods of starting small groups. One, one church that attended that, that weekend lesson here had been told by their previous pastor that they should close their doors and move their membership to another church. Well, the continued vitality and expansion of that church 25 years later is due at least in part to the training from this church. You have been and are still the light of the world, shining the light of the word of Jesus Christ in the world, maintaining a center where we can renew our covenant with God and discuss in how we can grow in faith and plan how we can carry out our mission. Even now, this church has taken seriously its ministry to reach out. We have over 60 ministry groups in this church, each serving in its own way. Yesterday, 20 of our members attended an all-day workshop seminar on reaching and welcoming new people. I credit Tom Van Cleve, our newest member of the ALB, for promoting and organizing that program. At the same time, two groups are reaching out to our circuit sister church to organize local missions that bridge Milwaukee's racial gap, build houses and, and train youth. Who is the light of the world? You are. You are. Now consider the source of that light. 
I note carefully that it's not human creativity or power or motivation. Well, human creativity is great and made global air trail possible, for example. It also made nuclear weapons. Human power. Human power stopped the 20th century mass genocides, but it also started them. Human motivation brought health care to the poor, but it also launched war in peaceful states to expand its empire. I, I once asked if I trust human nature. Yes, I said, I trust it to be human. Both amazingly generous and astonishingly greedy. But fortunately, we are not alone. The source of that brilliant light working through and shining in us and the living church is the Holy Spirit of God introduced to us in the incarnate one, Jesus Christ. I have learned in teachings and experience how, how the Spirit can guide our creativity to effectively spread the good news of God's kingdom, provide power to break through barriers to reach the unloved and inspire our motivation to give God the glory. I've experienced the Spirit's clear guidance when I'm stuck with a message or a ministry. I know I'm not alone in this. I'm glad for the gathering of this church. I've experienced endless power to, to work even when I am crying inside or tired. But I know I'm not working, I'm not alone in working when I'm tired. You've been there too. But I credit the spirit of God of endless power. I've intimately experienced the glory of God when, when the promise of new life is realized in myself and in others. But I know I'm not alone in knowing God's compassion. The same experience is offered to everyone is why I take seriously the call to be the light of the world, to, to show without excuse, others, the way of Christ. Now, the mission of the United Methodist Church in its book of discipline is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This isn't without foundation. John and Charles Wesley methodically built a movement which through preaching and organization reached hundreds of thousands across England and, and then again across the Americas. By disciple-making, many credit the Methodist movement in England for preventing there the violent industrial revolution that took place elsewhere. The Methodists built hospitals and universities and schools in the U.S. and across the world, providing health care and education where it didn't exist, transforming the world and its teaching and healing. You and I see the violent division and hopelessness of our society. We know from our history that our history, when, when, when freely taught, that, that this won't end when one nation 
in the West or East expands its empire, or when one political party is stronger than another, or a president of one party is elected, or when a hero is lifted up in glory, it won't end when one church is, has a bigger building than, or more members than another, as long as we make disciples of preachers and, and leaders rather than disciples of Christ. This church's vision is to assist people in becoming deeply committed followers of Jesus Christ who love God, care for each other, and serve in the world. Too often we repeat the last half of this, love God, care for each other, and serve in the world, without remembering the first part, assist people in becoming deeply committed followers of Jesus Christ. We think it refers to us as the ones loving God and caring for each other and serving in the world. It, I don't think it does. We can make that mistake if we forget the first part of our vision. I believe it's not about us. There is a church near here who's very passionate about serving in the world. But they did nothing to assist new people becoming deeply committed followers of Jesus Christ. And over the years, that church, that congregation has shrunk now to nine people. When 85 to 90 percent of the U.S. population do not attend church on any given week, what, what will the legacy of our generation be? in the history of the movement of Christ. After 100 generations of expansion, will it die with us if we let that opportunity slip through our fingers one dollar at a time or one life at a time? Or will we commit ourselves to use our resources, our relations, our talents to, to radically advance? the kingdom of God. In our tradition, it means that we are methodical in our mission, effective in our reach to change the world. Not all the mission teams agree with me, but I think we can be more effective as a church in our mission. Jesus was one person who came to the world. This church has hundreds. Jesus was poor. This church has wealth. Jesus' life and ministry lasted three years. We have people who've been in ministry in this church for decades. As we look at the next 10 years, how will the world be transformed by what we do? This church has passion for Christ's calling. It is our time. We are the ones called for this task. So let the light shine through us 
to the world and give God the glory. You, you, you are the light of the world. That's my prayer for the church. Amen. As we prepare for communion, it is the practice uh, in the United Methodist Church that this table is Jesus Christ's table. It is not a Methodist table, it is not a United Methodist Church of Whitefish Bay table. This is, this is the table that the world has been invited to the table of Jesus Christ. So all of us here who love Jesus Christ are welcome at this table. We have gluten-free uh, wafers that will be on this, on this end. We have bread. We have juice. And I think we have servings for the choir. Now instead of singing the musical selection A, I will just guide us through it. Remind us that God, God, you have created us. You have created the, the earth to be abundant and to, to feed all your people. And, and you have put us, you called us to be your partners in, in, in caring for the earth and, and caring for each other. And you have you've promised in, in, in covenant to, to be our God. And, and you have, you have, You've been true to that covenant. It, it's us who have been broken away and, and followed other, other, other paths. And you keep bringing us back. And in time, you sent your son Jesus to show us the way in person. And as human, he was vulnerable to the human condition. and died a suffering death. The night before, he took bread from the table and he gave thanks to you. And he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you. <laughs> and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink this in remembrance of me. 
And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving. Be a holy and living sacrifice to, to the world that is redeemed in Jesus. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of, of bread and wine that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ. That we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. We, by your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until, until Christ comes again in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. By your Spirit the name of your Son, all glory and honor is yours. Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now let the people pray the prayer of the Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I invite the people who will be serving to come.